Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. Today my guest is Richard Brennan, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and author, and he's director of a training course for Alexander Technique teachers in Galway, Ireland. He's also um, a moving force in a school chairs campaign, which is what we're going to be talking about, in particular um, trying to avoid some unpleasant trends in the um, design of school uh, school chairs and, and the harmful effects they might have on students. Uh, Richard, welcome to the show. Okay, thank you, Robert. So we're going to talk mainly about this campaign, but before we begin, just so our listeners uh, have some idea what the Alexander Technique is, could you just say a word or two about that? Yeah, sure. Um, the Alexander Technique is very simple. It is, is a way of actually becoming aware of uh, posture. It's becoming aware of tension within the muscles. And it is a way of actually releasing that tension so that people use their bodies in the most efficient and effective way. Right. And Alexand the Alexander Technique is pretty widely known, certainly in Great Britain and I think increasingly in the States, as being uh, an excellent way to, uh, f to improve your posture. And certainly Alexander t teachers are, tend to be pretty sensitive to things like furniture design. And um, obviously you, you must have seen school chairs and saw the harmful effects they were having on children. So could you explain a little bit about what this campaign is, what the issue is, and um, what you're advocating for? Okay. Um, I'll give you a little bit of history, Robert. Sure. Um, first of all, I had seven years of very, very painful back myself okay the three bottom discs were completely shot and they wanted to remove those discs and fuse my bottom of the spine so uh, i actually didn't let them do that but i realized from having alexander lesson that the reason for that is because i had a job as a driving instructor and i was sitting in car seats which all of them were raking backwards and i don't mean the back of the chair i mean the base of the chair so that means that the whole pelvis is rotating backwards and putting enormous strain on my lower back. And when I realized this through my Alexander work, my Alexander teacher came and he put two wooden blocks under the car seat, which actually raised it up. And that was a real turning point for me because I realized that my back pain was actually partly being caused by the car seat that I'd been sitting on. And then I noticed with my, I have four children, I noticed with my children, they, their posture was actually deteriorating very quickly once they went to school. And then I realized that all the school furniture were doing exactly the same thing as the car seat. They were all raking backwards. And that was why they, the children themselves were actually getting poor posture, which means say if the pelvis is rotating backwards, they just have to bend their spines to get to their school books. So instead, so I, of, instead I, of the chairs being flat, which is what we normally think of as a chair, the, the seat of the chair is, t it, how, how would you describe that? It's, t it's, it's lower in back than in front. It's raking backwards. Right. It's raking backwards. I think that word put, raking, may, maybe not, maybe won't mean. Okay, it's sloping, sloping, sloping backwards. Sloping backwards. Yeah. And um, 
typically from I don't I don't know what the situation in in Ireland is, but in the states, the decision on chair design is usually based on custodial convenience. Uh, are the chairs stackable, easily movable, and so on? Uh, I don't think anyone pays any attention to the people who are actually going to have to sit in those chairs. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's not that different in in Ireland. It's pretty much the same, yeah. Pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah. So, so what is it that you were you were you started a campaign that got taken up by one of the professional societies uh, in, in England of Alexander teachers that it was was to to make those kind of backward sloping chairs basically illegal. Is that correct? Uh, that was my first. Well, I've been campaigning for this for 15 years, mm-hmm. both in the UK and Ireland. I've been writing letters to uh, members of parliament and senators and just really getting nowhere. And then I, I basically the, the rule used to be that all school chairs must slope backwards. And I was trying to highlight that and saying that that is actually detrimental for the children. And then I, by accident, I came across some legislation which was actually being proposed, and this was about two years ago, that not only must they slope backwards, but they could slope back a further five degrees. So they were increasing the minus five degrees to minus 10 degrees. And I knew if that proposal went through, the, the amount of people with back problems, both in children and in adults, would just go through the roof. It would soar. Mm-hmm. It would probably as much as double overnight over the next 10 years or so. So at the moment, the statistics are this. There's 49% of the population at any given time with back problems. That's half the population practically. And 21% of school children have back problems at any one time. Mm -hmm. It's a a shocking statistic, really. It is, yeah, it is. And the only thing that medical people do is to try to get people's backs better. And there's no movement to actually analyze... Why have we got a population that actually has so much back pain? If you go to third world countries, they don't have this issue at all. It's only the countries that, where the children go to school and sit on the backward sloping chairs for long periods of time, and then they come out with, with back pain. Yeah, and I, I'm curious, why do you think originally um, backward sloping chairs were in made mandatory uh i don't know i have no idea the only the only bit of clue i can get because my my son is a designer and i've asked him about it and the only thing he can think of is that it actually makes them stackable which is a which is a health with a health and safety issue because if the chairs are stacked and they're not stacked in a safe way they could fall on somebody Right, right. So basically, uh, it's the economics of of getting inexpensive school furniture, easy to easy to stack in a safe way. Furniture is trumping the harm that the, the design of those chairs creates. Yeah, it's it's a to me it seems like um, not the great. Not the greatest trade-off in the world. I've, I see that here. Uh, my own kids went to went through the school system here, and 
I, I was astonished at, at, at just how bad chairs were, and not just in the classroom, but even in the cafeteria where you would have these large tables and the chairs were, the seats were bolted to the chair. So there was no possibility of moving or adjusting your, your uh, distance from the table. And of course, school chairs generally are not designed in different sizes for different people. So there's a host of of issues. It would seem to me that the backward sloping one ought to be the easiest to fix. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you can't have a mold which is actually flat. I mean, if you look at the design of the human body, what we actually sit on is a part of the pelvis and it's called the sitting bones. Right. And these are rounded. Mm-hmm. So you you put a marble or a golf ball on any, on any school chair, the marble will roll backwards. Mm-hmm. So you put the sitting bones, which are rounded, on a school chair, the pelvis actually rolls backwards. And mm-hmm. that puts loads of pressure on the lower discs. Because, because people- you're not... Yeah, this is, gets a little technical, but these those projections downward from the pelvis, the sits bones, are kind of perfectly designed to bear the weight of the upper body. Exactly. I mean, it's almost like like uh, whoever designed human beings um, long before they were there were chairs said, well, sooner or later, these people are going to learn about chairs. So we might as well give them an anatomical uh, add-on, so to speak, that will really help them with chairs. But what happens in, in, with backward sloping chairs and even happens with regular chairs sometimes is people end up, Instead of putting the weight on those sits bones, uh, it ends up being borne by the the, um, the coccyx. Coccyx, yeah, yeah and yeah, exactly. which puts just a huge amount of of strain on the lower back. It's hard yeah. to imagine really anything worse to do, even as an adult, but certainly for a, 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 a child to get in the habit of sitting like that because it's going to be a heavy price to pay down the road yeah well well, children have a have an intelligence a postural intelligence so when they sit on these backward chairs to begin with nearly all of them actually tilt the chair forward they lift the back legs off the chair and they actually sit with a forward slope Mm -hmm. and they get told off by the teacher or parent for, for for swinging on their chairs yeah so what they're doing is they're doing the best thing that they possibly could posture wise and then getting told off for it. Yeah. And and after that, they often sit on a foot, so they stick a foot underneath them, which also rises the pelvis and actually helps them not to actually slope backwards. So they actually do. They have little techniques to begin with the five and six year olds, where they actually fight the chair, but right. they're not allowed. They're not allowed to do them. Right. So. Um, for someone who's listening to this who's a parent of children who are either going to be in the school system or are in it now, um, I would imagine that as a first quick fix, if your child is sitting on that kind of a chair, you could create a, a wedge that would um, take away that backward slope, right? Yeah, yeah, wedge-shaped cushions are, are, are really good. Uh, you can get them in most back shops. The only thing to watch out for is they're not too soft. 
because if they're too soft, the child just sinks down into them. So right. they have to be fairly they have to be fairly firm. Right. So yeah, that, uh, that's I mean I I would say as a, as a um, a parent myself that um, it would really pay you as a parent listening to go visit school. Um, and take a look at the chairs in in the school, and maybe even take a look at kids sitting in the chairs if you can. And I think you'll see pretty qu- quickly what we're what we're talking about. Yeah, um, I, I my last child was the age of five, and I took one of these wedge cushions in very first day of school, and I asked the teacher if she minded her sitting on, and she didn't. And then she sat on that chair right the way through up to the age of thirteen. First, two things happened. One is all the children wanted to borrow it as much as they could mm-hmm. because it felt so comfortable. Right. And at the end of the end of the school, uh, when she just about changed schools, the teachers noted. Of, I had several comments that she was a person who was sitting the straightest right. out of all the children. Right. So it was really working over a long period of time. So that, that's that's something that an individual parent can do for their their own. Uh, child um now you said your ex- your experience in trying to change the system wasn't all that successful and i could imagine uh, a parent uh, tr- trying to convince a local school board to purchase different chairs and running into some uh some obstacles with that do you have any suggestions for for parents who 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 are concerned about this well, the more people create a fuss, the mm-hmm. better, because it's almost to get to a point where so many people are talking about it and saying anything that somebody somewhere had to listen. You know, it's it's very easy to ignore a lone voice, but it's very much harder to ignore, you know, letters to um, members of parliament or senators or even letters to headmasters or headmistresses. So, you know, if people are concerned, I would, you know, ask them to write just even a short letter, just saying, I'm very concerned about, you know, the school chairs that you're actually using. Because there is a little bit of a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so if, if it, I had one headmaster, this was my third child, and I again, I took the wedge head cushion and he said, why, why do you want him to use it? So I explained and he was so bowled over, he ordered a wedge-shaped cushion for every single child in the school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he gave them the option. The children could use the, the cushion or not, depending. There was only one child out of 150 who didn't like the wedge. Everybody else actually really liked it. And he, and he remarked that their posture had improved after six months of using it. So it's a pretty small investment to make uh, for the future health of your child. It is, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, um, and 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 if you are thinking of uh, contacting the school board or about this, I think a useful talking point can be at least in the states, there is um, a government agency, uh, OSHA, Occupation Health. I forget what it means, but basically standards for work environments. And um, school chairs, school furniture um, uh, in in most situations would not be legal under OSHA regulations. It seems like it's okay for kids 
because well, who knows? They don't really matter, or they're they're adaptable. What? But uh, adults, um, if, if a company forced their adult workers to s sit in those kind of chairs, they would uh, we would end up running afoul of the regulations. Yeah, it's, that's right. It's it's an interesting thing to contemplate, and I and I don't really understand why um, always people are so blind to that. I do think that. Because children are pretty adaptable, that the the harmful uh, results of those kind of chairs don't show up immediately. I mean, kids well, it, are resilient. Yeah, yeah, it's more writing that they do when they, you know, it's all very well sitting in the chair, but when they have to bend forward, they're bending their back. So it's not until they have to do lots of homework mm -hmm. and take exams that the real um, effects really show. I mean, I, I went into Middlesex University in London and uh, I was asked to give a talk on the Alexander Technique to 300 chair designers. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I asked them is I, I said, what is the most important thing to consider when you're designing a new chair? And the all, nearly all of them said the same thing. They said colour. Mm -hmm. And I was totally taken aback because I thought it was going to be something much more technical than colour. And I said, why colour? And they said, oh, it's obvious. If you design a really good chair, but you design it in lime green, nobody will buy the chair. So then I realised that most chair designers are looking at what the chair looks like, not actually what it feels like or what good it does to the person. So you're actually talking all the time. The chair designers, if, the, if there's anyone listening in who designs chairs, actually think about the way that the human body is designed and then incorporate this chair design which enhances that rather than goes against that design mm -hmm. yeah is there anything anything else you want to say about this whole issue richard uh no there's a couple of the i would recommend galan kranz's book the chair mm -hmm. um he she talks a lot about this issue and, on and, and we'll just, I should just say, she's a professor, I think she's retired now, but was a professor of architecture at the University of California, Berkeley. And she wrote a book, uh, the main title is The Chair. It has a longer subtitle. And it's been out for quite a few years. I would highly recommend reading that book also. It's, yeah, it's a fascinating yeah. book. And you were yeah. going to say the other? Uh, and there's a couple of websites that might be interest to people. My own website's got a, uh, uh, information about the mm -hmm. chair. I'll put a link which, to that. And... Yeah. And there's also the STAT website, and that's where you can sign the petition. And it's not just for Europeans. Anyone can sign that petition, and the more, the merrier. Okay, well, I I, um, I hope this campaign uh, bears fruit, and I hope that if you are a parent uh, or educator uh, listening to this, you'll you'll do a little more research on the topic. It actually is a is a very important issue in terms of of human health. Um, my uh, guest today has been Richard Brennan. He's an Alexander Technique teacher and author and director of uh, a training course for Alexander Technique teachers in Galway, Ireland. And he is a moving force in the school chairs campaign. 
that is attempting to make backward sloping uh, chairs illegal in the European Union. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show. Okay, thank, thanks to yourself, Robert.